What's up, everybody? This is David coming to you from Bally's in Las Vegas, 2019, uh, site of Las Vegas Open. Uh, it is officially the close of day two, and the general games have concluded, uh, and basically the top folks have moved on to the finals here. Uh, there was a playoff that took place tonight for some of the folks to make the top a uh, couple spots uh, that, as of this moment, hasn't been revealed yet what the results are. So I thought it'd be a good chance to at least take a moment to kind of give you guys a breakdown of kind of how the day went. Um, unfortunately, Crazy Mage isn't with me tonight, uh, but uh, we're going to get together here shortly after LVO. And uh, when we get back settled back in Houston, we'll uh, kind of get get some better audio for you guys and get some better thoughts after we've had some time to uh, decompress. If you've, if you've never been to one of these tournaments before, um, I can say that even just going to a GT where you have five games over two days, um, LVO is just kind of ratcheting that up to another level. Um, the competition is just so much higher um, than what you experience at just your, you know, your GTs where you've got really good folks there. Uh, but at this tournament, you, what you experience is uh, just that next level where people have committed to, you know, lots of money and time to coming to this event uh, to, to play with the best in the world. So it's uh, quite an experience and, uh, you know, a little bit humbling for what I went through. But uh, I think there was some good good things to take away. Um, if you guys haven't seen my post on the, uh, the, the list I was running, uh, you'll find it on the subreddit uh, for Thousand Sons. And basically, uh, I was running, uh, the, the core of it was five, five of the Hellforged Dreadnoughts uh, that Chaos gets as Alpha Legion. Uh, so today being day two, I drew Orcs as my first list. And uh, thankfully, uh, it was a uh, map that did not necessarily have to go the way that it did. Uh, it could have gone very bad for me. Uh, it was the Pointy Dawn of War uh, map. Off the top of my head, I can't think of the actual name for it, but uh, basically just Dawn of War with a little bit more room in the middle. And uh, essentially what I was able to do was withstand his onslaught of boys. Uh, and just to give you the detail, the, the orcs list were very... Um, uh, this list was pretty much the, the, what you see. You, you're going to see 90 boys... Um, and then you're going to see some Ludas in there. And then it's a matter of what, you know, the flavor that the lists that you see are what everybody takes with other stuff in there. Um, what was really cool was this guy had the uh, Shock Jump Dragsters, uh, and he was using them pretty good. Uh, he was able to just kind of uh, hop around to where my dreads were. And uh, the, the guns on those are, you know, something to not just kind of dismiss. They, they were pretty strong. Uh, and he rolled pretty good on his damage rolls for him. So I lost, uh, I believe I lost a couple of my uh, contemptors to to those dragsters as a result. Um, you wouldn't think that would uh, really on paper how that would go, but that that's how it went in the game. Um, <clears throat> at the end, uh, the real uh, savior or the real winner in that whole game uh, probably, believe it or not, came down to a really good combination of the drill, uh, the obliterators, and um, the rubric marines. Uh, yes, I, I'll say that again, rubric marines. Uh, they pretty much were able to doombolt and firestorm 
Um, one of the things, uh, common strategies that I've been using this tournament that is really worth, uh, you know, if you if you haven't seen this, uh, you can use the plus two to cast for Doombolt. Um, it's the one spell in the whole book that uh, you need to get that nine on. Uh, so dropping it to a seven really makes it a lot easier for you to be able to get that cast off. Um, and I usually put Firestorm and Doombolt on my Rubric Marine Sorcerers because it's the only power that gives me the ability to get more than one mortal wound out of them. And the difference between that and just a guaranteed single mortal wound on a, on a five up, um, I'm willing to take that little bit of, a, a, of an advantage or a little bit more uh, challenge uh, to get that power to go off. So um, unfortunately uh, for the Orc player, that kind of worked to my favor. Um, I will say it put on a really good show where they, uh, they blew up and uh, periled uh, on, uh, after they had already done what they needed to. And uh, at that point, it was just dealing mortal wounds uh, left and right as much as I could. So he was taking peril damage, and uh, the Soul Flare stratagem let him take another uh, uh, bit of damage. And uh, unfortunately, it was pretty much just max good for him and max bad for me on that, uh, uh, that roll. Uh, so he, he basically was only taking one mortal wound in those cases on his units, and I was taking three. Uh, so we had a good laugh about that. That, that match kind of ended uh, with my obliterators uh, pretty much eliminating his Ludas. And once his Ludas were gone, it was down to um, him just kind of fighting it out with the dreads. And he had the early bonus points, but um, the, the fire, he didn't, he didn't lock up the dreadnoughts. So the, the firepower from them... Uh, while he had committed to going and getting the bonus objective, um, basically meant that if you were to basically take the table, put two objectives on the right side and two on the left side, um, we were basically in a hammer, hammer and anvil situation where all my dreads are now, we started Darnold War, but we just rotated around the table. He went to one side, I went to the other, and you know, at the end of the day, I'm just going to going to eat those uh, those boys up live with the uh, the dreads. So uh, it was, I want to say it was the very last turn uh, or the fifth turn that I was able to table him um, just in shots on the last guys that were remaining. So it was a, uh, it was a good game. It was pretty close. Um, but uh, points wise, I ended up, you know, coming out after kind of giving up a little bit of that early board control, I came out um, uh, on top pretty quick. Um, second game, <laughs> I drew orcs again, and it was pretty much the exact, almost a carbon copy of what I, I had just faced, only turned up the number of ludas to what you typically see, uh, so that they can mob up, and then uh, he had his 90 boys, um, and then he had some, uh, some weird boys, and it, it was pretty much your typical... Um, your typical orc list. And he just had a couple other things that off the top of my head, I can't remember what were in there, but uh, um, essentially what it boiled down to was we drew hammer and anvil, uh, which meant I couldn't get into try and deny his um, psychic powers, uh, even, even for the, the jump uh, so that he could get to me. And uh, that meant that he, he was basically on my dreads uh, turn one. And uh, from there, it was a never-ending battle of him being able to charge one, take overwatch from just one, but then uh, 
you can get close enough to the others that you just pile into them and you surround the dreadnoughts and pretty much for the rest of the game they sat there just in close combat with the boys um, just kind of fighting fighting their way through and eventually getting worn down um, the obliterators came down I you know what the great thing takeaway I had from this game uh, from actually these two work matches was that um, what the strategy you can use against Ludas uh, is if you have a line of sight blocking um, shooting uh, gun, which you should have playing at this level, something to, to fire at, uh, without needing line of sight, you can fire at the Ludas. And if you've got two of them, what you do is you, you fire at the Ludas to make him use the stratagem to use the grot shield. And so he'll, he'll pop some grots, maybe you get a Luda or two. Um, but then at that point, what you do is just go st start wiping out the grots or the, you know, just look at how you can eliminate them. Um, the, one of the big differences between the first orc list I faced and the second one I faced was that the first one had one big unit and the second one had lots of little units. And I think the second list was a lot stronger uh, because I couldn't just, the, 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 first of all, their morale is pretty low. Uh, and so they, they don't... Um, they, they just take morale to the face. Uh, so when you hit them with a lot of casualties, that's in your favor. Uh, but this is one of the things I think I've, I've talked about a few times when you're looking at designing your list is that um, the, the big Zangor bomb's cool, but if you're running them as screens, you don't run them as 30-man if that's the main, their main purpose in your list because you're going to be fighting that uphill battle on morale, and you might as well just have them, you know, in a way... If you have three 10-man units, you cap the morale and the amount of uh, models that can be lost or that are going to flee um, to 10, uh, rather than having a whole ton of them leave a, in a 30-man squad. So um, much different if you're planning to use that squad as like a um, an alpha strike or a deep strike, and you just you're, it's like the Zangor bomb that you're using. Um, that, that's a different story, um, and that's a different style of using the Zangors, and both are completely valid. Um, anyways, back to the game. Uh, what essentially happened was the, um, <clears throat> the Ludas were easily dealt with through a strategy of finding how he lines them up. Uh, so one of the things you're going to, you're going to see is that they have to defend the Ludas with the Grots in a way such that they maximize how many are between you and them. And the way you get to the Ludas is to remove the Grots as being the closest unit to you. And so with MSU, that's one of the easy ways you can break through is that he has to spread these units out. And once you clear out one or two lines of them, you should have an open hole. And with something like the Greater Havoc Launcher, the Butcher Cannons, even a regular Havoc Launcher, uh, you have a very good chance of wiping out the squad very easily. Um, on you know, If you focus turn one, then you have something like Obliterators or um, whatever else you're going to bring down turn two that can come down and you know have a clear line of fire on them. Uh, but th but I found that that strategy worked pretty good, and the obliterators even just I didn't even have to fire them twice in the second game. Uh, they just came down and just you know went to town on the on the ludas, and they were pretty much gone, or or not 
gone gone, but they were pretty much eliminated from the game by that point. Um, and I think at the end of that, there were enough from the obliterators that they just they fled the battlefield. So all in all, that uh, you know the big scary thing about how many shots they could put out and everything. I think um, I think if you play it that way, where first of all you you know that they have forty eight inch range, they need a line of sight. So you have some games you can play with terrain and line of sight blocking um, strategies to get you into position to be able to make that punch on the Gretchen. Um, you know, open up that hole and then bring in your firepower, you know, the next turn where you can um, take out the the uh, the Ludas. And then if you're looking at it from the picture I was, is what was the threat that could take them out? Now, my mistake was the fact that I didn't consider the boys locking up the dreads as a main problem. Um, part of it is also that I started to feel my fatigue in the day, uh, you know, Starting the day out, I wasn't feeling very well to begin with, uh, but, uh, you know, I had some breakfast and got up and, and, you know, before you know it, you're into the games and you're going and, you know, you're right back into things, but uh, definitely was feeling drained, uh, you know, in that game and making mental errors from it. So um, it's just something that, you, you know, comes with the, the level of, uh, you know, focus you need at the tournaments and the, and the amount of energy they suck out of you. So. Um, he was able to pull that game out pretty, pretty concisely. Uh, you know, he beat me pretty good. It wasn't a, uh, you know, you know, couple things here or there. There were, there were mistakes that I made and just decisions that, uh, I'll have to look back on and just kind of, uh, take some notes on and improve from. So, um, third game was, um, against one of the Beast Coast guys. Uh, he brought Gene Steelers. And so it was a trifecta of facing horde armies. Uh, and a lot of folks would look at my list and go, man, you are geared to deal with horde armies. And at the end of the day, you know, let, let's let's say that hordes can get to my guys and clear my cultists. I'm in trouble at that point. And that was basically exploited in the last two games pretty hardcore. Um, the Gene Stealer, uh, you know, the game was pretty funny because we roll for the map Um and I'm rolling for the map. He's getting first drop. And uh, what was funny about it is once we saw that it was Dawn of War, you know, we both kind of smiled and it was kind of like, yeah, we kind of know what's going to happen now. Uh, and then when he went first, it was kind of like, well, we pretty much know this is going to go one way. And it's sure enough, you know, with the amount of movement that gene stealers get, he was on me and that was that never got a single round of shooting off with him. Um, that's, that's how much control he had over him. And, uh, you know, I used a strategy there where I knew he was, he was going to go after him. And, you know, there's no point in taking your dreads and splitting them up. I've tried that in some games. Y you need to, you need to put them in a way so that he can't lock all of them up. Um, and putting them in a corner as far away as possible meant that, um, you know, I could at least try and limit the amount of damage or the amount that could pile into them uh, by castling up. And what so what I did to also counter that was I put the Thousand Suns all the way on the other side of the board. And what it did was he didn't have to deal with them. Um, and the Thousand Suns stayed in the game for pretty much the rest of it. He, did, he didn't really have to worry about it. And it's kind of, uh, Mike was saying to me earlier today uh, that, that that was a, a nice benefit of having 
higher threats in the army that you know a lot of other folks will ignore the rubric marines and before you know it those things are mowing down even just in five-man squads they're mowing down guys that you know they're really good against stuff that has a very high armor save or like a five up uh or just you know your chaff uh, cultists or you know whatever you can be sitting there taking dents out of them hell you can get them out and shoot the gretchen like in the orc game and uh that's a perfect target for those guys because you, you don't have to really rely on you know oh, i gotta make fives to wound or you know i gotta get lots of hits in you just need to get a few of them in there then let morale take a little bit away as well and 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 you know okay if you get a pistol shot you get a pistol shot but um all in all rough day today facing three horde armies um definitely the last game was uh kind of a kind of a bummer to to get that draw but uh you know that's just how it goes sometimes so all right so that's uh kind of a recap um i'm gonna have time to take a closer look at how some of the other thousand suns lists did uh, i have not had a chance to really look through them part of the issue here at the event has been that the um sort the service for the uh the app that we all use has been kind of up and down um, that's to be expected with the number of people here. So, uh, it's just going to take some time to kind of get through and analyze, you know, how the, the scores from the games and, uh, the lists that were in there. Uh, I do know that there was at least a, uh, thousand sons player, uh, just, uh, Justin Curtis that was on the verge of making, uh, the top, uh, uh, the top group. And it sounded like he dropped his final game, but. Uh, kudos to him. It sounds like he did really good. Kudos to Zach, the, who I played. Looked like he placed in the top 100. Uh, I think he was 60th somewhere. Um, and that's, that, guys, that's a really good place to, to, to be. Um, that That's a really good placing at LVO. So um, there's some folks who did very good at the, at the tournament here, and uh, I'm, we're going to have some time to break them down, and uh, hopefully Mike and I can kind of talk about them a little bit and just kind of... Um, you know, see what we see in those lists and how they did, knowing what we saw here at the event, and just kind of give you a little bit better feedback than just kind of, okay, here was the list and, and here was the score. So um, look for that in the next week or so. But until then, Agnes did nothing wrong. <laughs>